The Lessons Learned for Vets podcast is proud to be brought to you by AFMA, the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association. Established in 1879, they are the longest standing nonprofit association empowering military families with affordable financial solutions for generations. Offering life insurance, wealth management, mortgages, survivor assistance, and other benefits, AFMA is here to support you through every stage of life. AFMA is dedicated to helping service members be financially and logistically ready for life after the military. To support you in this process, AFMA would like to offer you their free downloadable transition timeline, a step-by-step guide to help you create a comprehensive military transition plan. Let AFMA help you get ready for your next step by visiting afma.com backslash LL4V. That's A-A-F-M-A-A.com slash LL, the number four, V or clicking the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast, your military transition debrief from the veteran mentors who've gone before you. My name is Lori Norris, and I've been teaching veterans how to successfully navigate their military transition since 2005. I'm a civilian who speaks the language of all branches of the U.S. military, and I am on a mission to educate veterans in the job search marketing process. Sit back and enjoy the military transition hot washes and after action reports of your fellow veterans. You may just learn some lessons that smooth your own transition path. Hey, have you heard of Boots to Books? We're a nonprofit that is here to help veterans transitioning military reservists and their families get the best possible education and employment. We do it completely for free. Boots to Books is proud to sponsor this episode. And if you want to learn more or get assistance, reach out to our team at boots2books.com. Now back to the episode. So taking that that time off to just be mentally and physically healthy, to reframe, um, you know, being honest about some of my physical challenges coming out of the military and also just staying mentally healthy. So taking that road trip, because when do we ever get to take a road trip and take a, take a few months off? So it was just something I knew that I really wanted to do. And everybody was so supportive along the way. And it was great to hug people again and just meet face to face and sit down and have a meal with folks. On today's episode of the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast, I am welcoming Amber Kaleza. Amber served just over 12 years in the United States Air Force and Air Force Reserve. Her transition out of the military was unexpected, but she leveraged the power of education and certifications to put her career on the right path. After working in human resources for the state of Florida for just over a year, she took a year off to travel, explore, and figure out what was next. For her, she's here today to talk to us about that process and what she's doing today. Amber is a bundle of energy, and if you see her, she always has a smile on her face. But don't let that fool you, she has been through quite a bit of change challenges and issues both in her service and since she left the military. And I hope that you benefit and learn from what she has to say today. Well, Amber, I've met you in person, but I've never had you on the podcast and it is great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. And yes, it was great to meet you in person and I'm looking forward to this podcast. 
always up for having breakfast for anybody coming through the Phoenix area. So, although I don't really live in Phoenix, but you know, the area, right? <laughs> so, That's right, exactly. It's all relative. <laughs> We always start with the transition story on this show, and I know yours was a little bit unique, right? So it was a very fast process. You didn't have a lot of time to prepare, right? So tell me a little bit about your transition and how that all went. So I'm a 12-year Air Force veteran, but I did six years of active duty, six years in the reserve, and I wasn't quite sure. There were some different things going on in my unit, and it was only about two weeks before that I realized I was going to be getting out of service which we all know (laughs) is not (laughs) enough time to prepare. And so I'd gone through transition class during active duty, but because I was in the Phoenix area at the time, they basically told me they couldn't do that much for me because I was moving back to California. And then with such a quick exit, there was no TAPS class coming out um, from the reserve duty. So it was really just trying to reach back into my network and people I know. And I had not built a network uh, like I have now. Um, to to assist me and really make me successful in that. So it was very, very quick, um, unexpected. um, But for me, it was the right decision to take care of myself and my family. Wow, that is two weeks is uh, probably one of the records, I think, that I have heard. I I mean, we're going to talk about it today, but how do you possibly like navigate a transition with a two-week notice? How did you do that? You know, I knew I wasn't sure where I was going and what it was going to end up like. So I prepared as much as I could if either way happened. If I stayed in, great. I was prepared. If I was going to get out, at least I had some resources and avenues to go, okay, what's next? What does that look like? Knowing what my finances were um, until I could get that next position and knowing where I stood with my VA claim, with my health services, um, and thinking about what positions I wanted to go into next. So those were a couple of things I had lined up and, and were very honest with myself about asking those hard questions too. what did I want to do next? And that's also where my transition came into play was I needed some different opportunities to take care of my whole self. Transitioned in Arizona, you moved to California. I know you went to California for a bit and then you relocated all the way from California to Florida and it took about seven months for you to kind of land that first job. So, um, I mean, how did that complicate things for you? Because it sounds pretty challenging. (laughs) It definitely was challenging. It was really funny because as I was in the reserve, it was very difficult, right, to find a a job that aligned with, you know, going out to training and doing those duties because we all know it's not just one week in a month, two weeks a year. There's different trainings in between. So a lot of times, you know, at the drop of the hat, you're like, you're telling your employer, hey, I have to go. I've got to be gone for a week or two, or I'm not really sure yet. So knowing next to, and this is all pre-COVID. So there was no Zoom. There was no teams in, you know, interviewing. When I knew I wanted to head to Florida, I kept, I got a couple of bites on my resumes, was a little bit more into LinkedIn, but everybody said, you have to be here to interview. We, the only time that people were getting flown out for interviews where if you're at a very, very executive level. And so, um, and it was, it was very rare. So really I know, knew I had to transition to Florida if I wanted to make a successful transition into a new position. But again, being aware of my finances, but sometimes going, all right, if I, I want to be there and I want a job there, then I have to move there. And I just have to be there and start plugging in. And that's what kind of happened is I picked a spot and I picked Orlando and 
that's where I ended up. So let's talk about education because we're doing kind of a series on the importance of education in your transition. And, and you and I talked about it, how important education is in your transition. But I would say it was important to you in your career, but it really didn't have the effect you thought it was going to. Right. So tell us about what, what happened with you in education. It did not. You know, coming out, I was trying to figure out what what things were going to be vital to me. But part of that was me not understanding how to use certifications or my four-year education. I finally finished up my bachelor's, but it's in social and criminal justice. Originally, I was supposed to go in law enforcement, and then I got injured when I came out. So I definitely had to pivot to something new. Um, so that, that education was fine, and it helped check off the box for certain positions. But I really need to know what the certifications and what the upskilling were vital. And so one of the programs I used was Onward to Opportunity. But again, knowing what HR, because that's what I thought I wanted to go into for that people space, knowing that it's vastly different on the civilian side than it is on the military side. So really, it was more helpful networking, understanding those informational interviews, and asking those right questions on learning what those buzzwords are, and learning what skills I brought with me that, are, that could actually apply to my work experience as I transitioned. So you pursued a PHR certification, is that right? And you did that through Onward to Opportunity? Yeah. Okay. And you really, have you used that knowledge in your career since then? So I've used some of that knowledge. I wouldn't say I had exactly used the certification, but it was, I used the knowledge to better understand the industry, to better understand what they were requesting, to know what that is and how that aligned with my military experience. If I didn't do those informational interviews and, and go through the certification coursework, coursework with Onward to Opportunity, I wouldn't understand what some of those job descriptions are or so one of some, some of those industries that they that they wanted. And you you went on to work in HR for about a year, right, yep. for the state of Florida. And you decided in that process that HR really wasn't for you, didn't you? I did. It just it's such a different facet and it wasn't exactly what I what I thought it was, what it was aligned. It was still some it was still that people space, but a, a completely different way. And it really wasn't filling my passion cup as I had wanted it to. So you use your your PHR certification and worked in that career field for about a year. And then you did something really different after that. And you took a year completely off. And just went traveling, didn't you? So like, how in the world did you make that happen? You know, it's really funny. I, I thought about it. We have worked so hard and many times we're like, we'll do that later in life. I'll wait till I'm retired. I'm, I'll wait till this. Or, you know, we talk about when the kids are older, I have more money. But it's making those memories and having those venture, adventures along the way that are really important to me. And I wanted to be intentional. And after I moved from California to Florida, I hadn't seen um, my siblings or my nephew in over three years. And that was really tough. Um, and so I just decided, I said, you know what, what's, what makes me happy is seeing them. What makes me happy is traveling. And as we built this great network, we met so, we connected with so many people um, throughout the state and built those relationships. So for me, it was just the opportunity to say, you know what, this is what I want to do. I want to meet some of those people, which is how you and I, how I got to Phoenix yep. going from Florida <laughs> Florida to California and meeting those folks along the way and continue to build those relationships. It wasn't just, hey, I met somebody on LinkedIn, I connected and they're a number and that's it. It was building those friendships, building those relationships, understanding 
what I wanted to do next and having people who supported me on that and who were aware of that and also said, hey, here's some other opportunities as well, because they knew what I was looking for to fill my passion. I didn't exactly know what that job title was, but knowing that, hey, these are some of the skill sets I want to use next and do. So taking that that time off to just be mentally and physically healthy, to reframe, um, you know, being honest about some of my physical challenges coming out of the military and also just staying mentally healthy. So taking that road trip, because when do we ever get to take a road trip and take a, take a few months off? So it was just something I knew that I really wanted to do. And everybody was so supportive along the way. And it was great to hug people again and just meet face to face and sit down and have a meal with folks. So maybe you don't need to take a year. Right? Yeah. I mean, there are some, so, so there are some people that are like a year. How does she afford how to live, right? And so maybe they're supporting a family of six children and five dogs, right? And so a year isn't feasible, but like. I am a big advocate for taking time after your service because uh, you need to decompress. You need to figure out kind of like set that space in between your service and the next part of your career. And, and for some that might be two weeks for some that might be two years for you. It was a year, but like talk about the importance of like that, what that year meant to you in terms of your kind of your mental mental well-being even. It does. You know, so many of us, like I came in a service and I'm like, let's go, let's hit the ground running. Let's go. Now, the problem is if you've been in service for four years, six years, 12 years, the landscape is vastly different. And you got to think about that loss. You're losing your military family. You're losing your military support. You no longer have those base services for whether it's financial support or just going, you know, to the commissary or just different things like that. You don't have the same reach. You may even be moving to some place that's not even near base who don't even know, you know, maybe one or two military members. So there's not that same camaraderie and support. So for me, it was a big mental health shift because I was used to working and I'm going, let's go. Let's, you know, pay the bills. Let's take care of things put money in savings. But with all that, I knew my mental health was taking a hit. I knew my physical health was taking a hit. I was waking up and just in pain every day. And I was like, okay, something's got to change. And we push that aside. During our military career, we push it aside because there's a mission. We don't want to let anybody down. So it was the first time in my life I could really be honest to say, you know, it's, I'm not letting anybody down. If I continue on this route, I'm letting myself and my family down by not taking care of me. So really that mental health aspect to to evaluate and talk with friends, talk with mentors, talk with family members and to go, Hey, what, what do you think might be good for me? What do you see some of my strengths? What do you think I can work on? What do you think, you know, what, what do you think makes me happy? You know, having those conversations with those people who will be honest with you, who's saying, yep, this take care of this, but you know, in evaluating for me, what's going to fill my cup. And that was, you know, three things I'd looked at for me was health first, taking it. Um, I needed remote work because of so many appointments I still had to do, made it very difficult to come into. And I wanted to see my family back in California once a quarter. Um, I know that was something I could look forward to. And even though I couldn't take another year off, um, I could flex work and still see them and still navigate um, a different balance of working and family time to stay mentally and physically healthy. And you mentioned that when you when you first transitioned, you weren't really a networker 
by any no. means. And now I feel like you know everybody, you know, it's like everybody knows Amber. So tell tell us, like, how did you be kind of open yourself up to that concept of networking and build those relationships with people? So when I came out, I did the same thing like most people did. You go to TAPS class, you make your LinkedIn, and it sat there for several years. <laughs> and I'm yep. like, okay, that's that's great. That's great. I don't exactly know how that works. And it was getting over that ask because I thought I was being a bother to people by asking. And so and I was like, well, I'm a grown-up. I should know how to do this. I've served 12 years in the military. You know, I came in later in life. Like, I should know how to do this. But I didn't know how to transition successfully. The military does not teach you how to do that. They taught me how to be a great airman, a great NCO, and a wonderful leader. But they did not teach me and show me the resources to transfer successfully. So when I came out from California, that was one of the things I noticed. I was starting fresh. I knew nobody here. That was the big thing. It was it was my, how I picked Orlando was it's 30 minutes from Costco and it's 30 minutes from the VA. And that's how I picked it. <laughs> and I figured if there was a hurricane, it would hit one of the coasts and I would be somewhat okay in the middle. But it was, right, it was taking that chance. I wanted the opportunity to go, let me make something different. Let me make something fresh. Because it was such a clean slate. It's like starting in the military. You start from the bottom up with a clean slate. So I said, okay, this is my time to figure out what I want to do next. And it was scary because I'm not a big social media person. Um, and, you know, we're taught in the military, opposite, you know, opposite and watch your information and things like that. So it was such a different mindset and a shift to reframe and go, okay, how do we network? How does this work? And really it was Bruce Thompson. I had an informational interview on Veterati. And then I had another informational interview and spoke with Neela Thompson about Veterans Defend. And they told me about these great networking events. And I was like, I'm, you know, that's a lot of people. They're like, hop on this networking event. And I was like, that's on a Saturday. And so they invited me to Vets the Industry. And, and I just got the, the boot. And they said, just go on for an hour. And I was hooked. But it was the camaraderie. I was looking for that I didn't know I missed. It was that community that says, come on in, ask your questions. Don't be afraid to ask your questions because you have a question that 10 other people may have or that somebody is still scared to ask. And so please, you're not the only one. You're not the only one who feels scared. You're not the only one who doesn't know what an informational interview is. So these were all the things that I started feeling. So I started plugging in one by one by one. And it was just mentors and resources continual. And Kelly Stoll said, connect with these 25 people on LinkedIn. And I said, why would these people want to connect with me? Why, why would they want to help me? And she's like, I promise just, it was trust the process, trust the process from the people who've come before you. And who are trying to lay that pathway for you to make the trail a bit easier. So that was really where I just kind of trust the process and just go, well, if I'm going to do this, <laughs> I'm going to dive in and just started connecting and making those meaningful conversations. Um, when I'm talking with somebody, I want them to know I'm intentional with them. I want them to know I'm actively listening and that's their time. And so for me, I treated networking the same way. I didn't always know the questions to ask. Um, I didn't always know what I was going to come into. And I always came out with questions and notes to write down. And, you know, I didn't feel like I had to put an air on like I knew what I was doing. I went in there humble and just said, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I've said that many times. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm asking the right questions, but here's a couple I have. 
and just being open and, and to listen to others. And I think that that is like getting rid of that ego, right? Like, oh, I have to put on the facade of I know everything and I've got everything under control and I know exactly what I'm doing and where I'm going. And, you know, the the people that really truly feel that and can embody that are very few. <laughs> We're all out there just figuring it out as we go, right? <laughs> exactly. And so many military members, because as we continue to gain rank, guess what? We're the subject matter experts. You go to, you're the sergeant, you have your troops, right? You're, you're the senior enlisted, you're the commander. So many times you have to know the answer and you have to know exactly, you know, what the pathway in the lane is. And here you don't. And this is where, like you said, that ego takes a back door and that humbleness comes in. But also the big one was really just getting over that ask saying, I need help. I need assistance. And it's not a vulnerability. It's a strength to say, I need some assistance. Okay, great. How much do you want? Because there's five, 10, 15 pages of it. What are you looking for? Because get ready. This community is going to come, come help you. Where do you think that stems from? Because in the military, you don't, you're, there aren't a lot of lone wolves that go out and do everything by themselves in the military. It's collaborative. It's as a team. Do you think that the hesitation to ask for help and to, you know, engage and interact is because it's a us and them? Or where do you think it stems from? I think sometimes it is an us and them, but it also too, again, because at the end of the day, if we don't have an answer, there's usually lives on the line. It's property and lives that we're so used to. So it's a completely different mission. You don't get to say, no, I don't want to come to work today. (laughs) No, Sergeant, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to PT. Right. We PT to stay fit, you know, to make sure, you know, at the end of the day, we can take care of the person on the right and left of us. So that's what it comes down to. So it's it's significantly different. So when we come and we transition to the civilian side, the mission is completely different. Right. There's an organization has missions and values and key sets. But most of the time, what you do on a daily basis is not going to impact a person's life. And it's for, you know, unless you're in like a medical field directly, right? It's it's a whole different type of being impactful. You may work at a warehouse, you may, you know, you may work at, you know, a, a car plant, you know, different types of things. So it's completely different, but, you know, you can't go into a meeting um, as a senior enlisted military person and say, I don't know, I don't have an answer for you. That's, it's just unacceptable. That's not the normal expectation. And because when you say no as a senior leader, well, then what are your junior junior enlisted looking at, right? What, what answer should they have? So it is it is a different um, reference frame of mind. Also, too, not knowing what community you can lean into. And also, too, there's no rank. You can't see a rank. You don't know. Everybody's everybody's grown a beard, <laughs> right? So, so there's, there's no rank. You know, we don't even know what services half the time. You know, some people have two different services. Somebody's a military spouse. Um, you don't know exactly what somebody's background is. You can't look at, at their shoulders or the collars and know their experience. So this is where it's a little bit different of navigation and understanding that people have different skill sets and also jobs are called something completely different. So and I and I tell people when we came in the military, we didn't know what those fancy titles that we were issued for our military occupational codes were. So that's the same token. If you want to know what something is or what it's like. Find somebody similar who has come before you, who might be a veteran or a male spouse, and have the conversation, have that coffee chat. And I said, you would be surprised how many times people are like, happy to help you. Friday work for you? 
Great. Perfect. Let's put something on the books. You want a Zoom? You want a phone call? Um, or if you're close by, do you want to meet in person? And people are more than generous with their time and their information and their mentorship. So again, a, a big thing is getting over that initial ask um, and being okay with being uncomfortable that you're not the smartest person in the room and that you don't have all the answers. <laughs> you know, you said earlier, like people don't wear their rank. You can't tell at what level they are. But I'll tell you that to some extent, I'm not sure that it matters because I think you could go out to Veterati or ACP and get mentored by a C-suite leader and they're going to talk to you in the same way as if you went out and talked to somebody at your same level. And, you know, the value that they're going to add is, in, is incredible. And so I wouldn't even let the titles or the levels in the private sector stop you. Like as you and I are recording this right now, my, my daughter's been doing an internship this summer with a, one of the big four, uh, you know, consulting firms. We'll just leave it at that. Right. And she is on the phone with. Uh, like a, a senior partner, a principal in the company um, who basically runs the entire cybersecurity and risk for this, this organization. And I was like, that's huge. Like, do you, isn't that amazing? And she's like, oh, well, his name's, you know, so-and-so it's like, you know, she's calling him by his first name. And, and I'm like, but do you understand like how much, <laughs> at what level this guy is? And she's like, whatever, mom, it's, he, he called me. He wanted to talk to me about something. I was like, you know, that's, I guess the right perspective to have about it is that he's just another person in the company that is someone that she's networking with, right? So what does it matter what title he has in his signature block and his emails? What really matters is that he's someone that has reached out as a mentor and someone who can guide her through this process. And why can't you have that same diverse array of mentors in your transition from, you know, C-level leaders to peers and even people that might be subordinates to you in the organizational level. I think you can learn at all levels, can't you? I, I do definitely. And I, and I love that you bring that up because I love ACP. I have a ACP um, mentor and I wanted one for my Salesforce training as I continue to gain my you know, more knowledge to get my certification this year. And she is absolutely amazing. Kathleen Odesco is just phenomenal and just learning from her. And it wasn't just about Salesforce. You know, we were connected and, and I said, this is where I'm really trying to pour into and learn. But we also talk about public speaking. Like many people, I get a little freaked out by public speaking and it makes me nervous. And because I want to do a good job, I don't want the message um, flubbed because I'm too nervous to get it across. You want that experience. And so with my, my teammates' encouragement, you know, lean into the uncomfortable and have done some more public speaking and, and personal engagement. And so Kathleen helped me and I called her and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna go speak in 30 minutes. I'm a little freaked out. And she's like, you got this. And, and we talked about, you know, just a few little pointers to help out, you know, whether it was breathing techniques or just a few things going along. She's like, just tell your story, be who you are. They wanted you for who you are. So just be that person, <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes we think we have to be polished, right? We have to be perfect with and, you know, and have, you know, our, our two pages down succinct and not use ums and rights and does and, you know, duties to be my crutch word. So that went out to some different ones. But, you know, so we can work on that and be OK. We can be perfectly imperfect. 
And because, you know, my experience in doing it wrong or not as fluid has helped other people see how they can be successful in their transition. And that makes me happy because I want people to know they can pivot and be successful in their next adventure. We don't have to just embrace the suck anymore. We actually get to make a choice. And people are like, well, I don't know what I can, I want to do, but I can do everything. I know you can do everything. These companies know you can do everything, but what do you want to do next? That is the key. And that's sometimes the hardest question that somebody says, I have no idea. And I was like, I get it. (laughs) Like, you know, I'm still figuring out what I want to be when I grow up, but walking through what you actually want to be happy in your next phase of life is so key. And that's why I love talking with people about that. I love it. I think that's, that's really important. And so I think also what I heard is you're not ever too inexperienced to be a mentor also, because even if you're two steps ahead of the person that you're mentoring, you still have your experiences that you can turn around and say, Hey, have you thought of this? Have you tried this? And, you know, so there's still value that you can offer, even if you're just a little bit ahead of somebody, right? Exactly. And the mentorship, it's not just up and down, you know, it goes side to side that peer mentor is so key, you know, with I get a dedicated mentor with ACP. So that's somebody I can go back to, you know, every couple of weeks, and we have these various conversations, uh, just about my whole career. And I love that. And she puts me in contact with other people who might help pour into me and be successful. Um, but not just that, the peer mentors I get when I do different activities, like Wounded Warrior Project, I learned so many things. That's how I learned to talk to the VA from other people who shared with me, other people who shared resources, whether, you know, whether it was for job or whether it was health and wellness or personal, that peer-to-peer mentoring was still pouring into me. That was my community. That was that camaraderie we had because when we were in the military, somebody was always grooming somebody else to take their position, to know about resources, to take care of other members. And just even coming into basic training, I got put in charge on day two. And I was like, who, who, and what am I in charge of? I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't even know how to wear my uniform yet. So, you know, so, so just being there for one another, you know, even if that's a buddy check, Hey, how you doing today? Right. What do you need today? What can I help with? You know, and that is so vital to taking care of our community and uplifting one another. Well said. Thank you for that. So we've kind of been talking throughout this whole episode, Amber, that you've really never been afraid to take big chances and make big changes and take risks in your career. So I feel like a lot of people are really hesitant to take those kind of big chances. So what do you think has helped you prepare to do that, whether it's financially, mentally, like what's kind of give us some advice? Uh, I I do think people are afraid to take those big chances because you're afraid of what happens if we fail, right? As military members, as military family support, right? We're expected to be the subject matter experts. We're expected to have everything together to have all the answers and know what we want to do. Well, it's really scary. We don't know. There's so many choices out there. And sometimes it can be, you know, you can get frozen trying to be afraid to not make the right choices, but it's okay. And that's the whole point is to flex, which is why having a network and to build that network and those opportunities and just having people you can grow, grow with and ask those questions, not be afraid. I have several mentors that I speak with, um, several great friends that I lean into. A lot of them have been ACP mentors 
veterati mentors, people in my network who said, hey, I don't I don't know if this is the right direction for me, you know, and having those people who honestly can tell you and understand your personality without hurting your feelings to say, no, this is not right for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think people just knowing that about, you know, your character and developing those relationships, which is why LinkedIn is so important to develop those relationships and ask people questions, but also go, you know what, I appreciate your feedback. I'm going to take that that constructive criticism, but also be okay to make your own decision and to know why you're making that decision. Not, not just, it's an emotional decision. I just want to do it. Um, but to, to lay it out, but also know financially where you're sitting at, you know, what do I need to have versus what I want to have? Yeah. And sometimes it's okay to take a lower paying job at times in order to kind of build some of those skills that you need to get where you want to be later on. And so that's also that pivot to know, you know, financially where you're at. Also, too, if you have a family, be able to talk with them about that, whether you're single or you're married, to talk about because you're going to need that support at any time. So, yeah, I, I haven't been afraid to, to take those chances because for me, at the end of the day, I want to live my best adventure and I want to live my best life. So being able to say, you know what, this isn't the best um, place for me right now or, hey, I've, I've taken this is a, a great opportunity and it's a stepping stone to say, I don't have to be here. And sometimes we get caught up with that because we think we have to be loyal. And we're like, oh, this company gave me a chance. I need to stay here for five or 10 or 20 years. Well, maybe not. that may not be the best uh, plan overall. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say, thank you for all that you've taught me. And then to go on to do something else as well. And you made a good point. It's like, you know, you say, thank you for what you've taught me. And they say, thank you for the work you've put in and you part ways as friends and that happens. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I do feel like we feel this sense of commitment to a company because as, as veterans, you're loyal by nature. That's just, the, the, you know, it's ingrained into you. And, and I think you're right. There's nothing wrong with it. And I really like what you said of like, you know, even if I make a decision, and it's not the right path, I can always turn around. I can make a right turn or a left turn. I can, you know, find another way out of it. And I think it's interesting now, you know, you're pursuing your Salesforce certification and they, you call, they call themselves trailblazers, right? So, and I, I think you are, that is something you embrace very much is like becoming a trailblazer and, and finding a new path if the one you're on doesn't work for you. Definitely. And, and, you know, for me, Salesforce has been great. It was something I started last year. And like many people, you have to pause it due to life circumstances. And that happened. And as military families, we've had to pause time and time again for a move or schooling or, you know, different rank or whatever it was. So we're used to that being flexible with it. But to knowing it wasn't wasted time, um, it was a growth time. And so me circling back and getting to see that a second time has been really great for understanding how I study where I want to go forth and really lean into the community because sometimes too, for me, I'm like, well, I don't know enough in that space. Well, how do you get to know enough? You start being in that space. So really leaning in into joining some more Salesforce groups and attending, you know, David Nava's office hours on Wednesdays, um, you know, and Jay DeLong and things like that, just to go, Hey, I'm here to learn, you know, and having that community support. And that's why I love, you know, Salesforce. It's you can pick it up at any time. Um, and so many people are just so welcoming and so helpful to say, hey, how else can we help you next? Or, hey, how can we help you grow? Or did you see this this new education and training? 
And so it's it's such a fantastic place to be. But yeah, I, I love being able to just say, hey, all right, here's a here's a different opportunity. Um, let's do it. Let's pursue it. Let's see what happens and have some great conversations. Yeah, And I think, you know, I was going to ask you like a follow up question of like, what's your greatest advice to anyone who's contemplating that big change? But I, I feel like you've kind of just given it to us, right? It's like build that network you know, have the support and really have people that you can talk to. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, a lot of times, and that, and that goes back to you're not defined by your uniform. You're not defined by what you did, that that one job or that one position. It is building that network. That's who you are, that, that person at the end of the day. So having that network can make you feel more comfortable to make those changes because you're not, your identity is not just in your job. It is everything that you have done and what you have built and what you want to do. And it's okay to say, hey, I want to do something different or, hey, I want to try this. And that's why you lean into your network. That's why you lean into your mentors and these people you have built those relationships with. You're not doing this by yourself. You know, so that's the biggest thing to know that even though, you know, you're like, hey, am I the only person in the world doing this change? No, people have before. (laughs) So, so you're not the only one. There's people out there and there's people to support you. So just having that support system around you um, has been vital to whatever trail I feel like blazing. I have a feeling you're going to get some people reaching out to you for that (laughs) advice as well. So we'll see how that goes. So (laughs) Most definitely. Well, Amber, I appreciate you bringing your perspective, your kind of unique story or unique background to the show. Um, I think there's a lot of good stuff in there for people to maybe just think about. Maybe it's not a year long road trip like you, but I think the importance of taking that time to figure out yourself to just decompress, take a break. I think that's something that everybody should strive for in this process. And I appreciate you talking to us about it. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. You know, the biggest thing I want to impart on people is don't do it alone. Um, you didn't do the military loan. This community is here to help you. Uh, don't be afraid to reach out and ask. We are made not to survive. We're made to thrive. And every single person wants to encourage you and be there. And I promise Um, They will provide the resources and there's so many people um, in this community is here to make sure that you're successful in your transition. Excellent. Well, don't forget to head to our YouTube channel because Amber, who by her own admission, made a mistake or two during her transition. And she's going to give us some of the highlights of those and what (laughs) she learned in the bonus question for this week's episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast. If you learned just one lesson today that you believe can help you in your military transition, then I've done my job. Our goal is to get in the ear of as many active duty service members as possible. So please don't keep this podcast a secret. Share it with as many of your active duty service member friends and transitioning veterans who may be struggling with that process as possible. Please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and join us on our LinkedIn and Facebook communities to tell us what lesson you learned today.